What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Resonant Frequencies. Hope you all had a great weekend. I actually got a couple days off, so it was really nice. Spent some time with my little brothers. I did a 48-hour fast. I got a lot of stuff done. My birthday's next week, so I got a, a, a paintball trip planned out and uh, just uh, getting everything set up. So it's been really nice, but uh, with no further ado, let's get things started off in space. It is believed that our solar system was formed 4.6 billion years ago from a cloud of gas and dust called a solar nebula. During our exploration of our solar system, more than 219 moons have been discovered. While Earth only has one, Saturn has the most, with 82. In our solar system, the Sun takes the lion's share of the total mass, calculated at 99.86%. The Sun will eventually be about the size of the Earth, once the sun has completed its red giant phase, it will collapse and its huge mass will be retained, but it will have the volume similar to that of Earth. When that happens, it will be known as a white dwarf. Also, guys, don't forget to set a reminder that the first images of James Webb will be released tomorrow. I believe Joe Biden is going to be doing a press conference on that. So I know uh, personally I'm super excited. And yeah, there's really no telling what we're going to get to see. So it's going to be pretty cool. All right, moving things on to world news. So Boris Johnson's turbulent tenure as Britain's prime minister came to an end Thursday after a historic party revolt over a series of ethics scandals forced him to step down. It took the resignation of nearly 60 members of his government and almost half of the payroll for Johnson to finally abandon his attempts to cling on to power. Even then, the prime minister insisted that he would continue as caretaker leader of the conservative party as it launched the process of choosing a successor. Johnson initially attempted to ride out the crisis despite an unprecedented flight of middle-ranking ministers from the government, a battering at the prime minister's questions, and a bruising appearance before a committee of senior lawmakers in parliament. All right, and for the second world story, so Sri Lanka's prime minister said on Saturday that he was willing to resign and make way for an all-party government to take over, shortly after protesters breached his official residence in Colombo during demonstrations over the country's worsening economic crisis. Anger reached unprecedented levels in the South Asian nation of 22 million as more than 100,000 people massed outside the residence. Video broadcasts on Sri Lankan television and on social media showed the protesters entering the president's house. The Sri Lankan government had imposed extreme measures recently to stretch out the relatively small amount of fuel that it had left. Fuel cells were banned last week and this week except for essential services, and all schools and non-essential government agencies are closed. Businesses are being encouraged to have as many employees work from home as possible. So it's pretty crazy there if you can imagine being told that you weren't allowed to buy gas anymore. That would really uh, spark some uproar. And for the final world story, so Chinese authorities on Sunday violently dispersed a peaceful protest by hundreds of depositors who sought in vain to demand their life savings back from banks that have run into a deepening cash crisis. Since April, four rural banks in China's central Henan province have frozen millions of dollars worth of deposits, threatening the livelihoods of hundreds of thousands of customers in an economy already battered by the draconian COVID lockdowns. 
The scene quickly descended into chaos as security officers dragged protesters down the stairs and beat those who resisted, including women and the elderly, according to witnesses and social media videos. Yeah, so it just kind of seems like around the world people are pretty fed up, and um, hopefully there's a peaceful solution ahead, so... Anyway, let's move things on to U.S. news. So U.S. President Joe Biden said the Supreme Court decision overturning the right to an abortion was an exercise in raw political power and signed an executive order on Friday to ease access to services to terminate pregnancies. The order directs the government health department to expand access to the medication abortion pills prescribed in pregnancies and ensure women to have access to emergency medical care. It also mentions protecting doctors and women who travel for abortions and mobile abortion clinics at state borders. And for the second U.S. story, the unusual granite Georgia Guidestones, or America's Stonehenge, was tore down on Wednesday the day after it was heavily damaged in a bombing by an unknown actor. The Guidestones have been shrouded in conspiracy with some speculation on whether or not it could be a satanic monument with chilling calls to greatly reduce the population on Earth. The stones mention a time capsule to be retrieved that was buried six feet underneath, but authorities say they found no such object, which is quite suspicious if you ask me. But moving things along, the last U.S. story. So a wildfire is threatening the largest grove of giant sequoias in the Yosemite National Park, which more than doubled in size in a day, and firefighters were working in difficult terrain on Sunday to protect the iconic trees in a small mountain town in the U.S. More than 500 mature sequoias were threatened in the famed Mariposa Grove, but there were no reports of severe damage to any of the named trees, including the 3,000-year-old grizzly giant. A sprinkler system was set up in the grove to keep the tree trunks moist, and officials were hopeful that the steady spray of water along with the previous prescribed burns would be enough to keep the flames at bay. Alright, moving things on to local news. So imagine being able to kayak through rapids during the day, have a picnic, and then walking to your favorite band at the Orion Amphitheater. Sounds nice, right? Well, plans are underway to add rapids to Apollo Park, the home of the newly opened amphitheater in mid-city Huntsville. It's not going to be Nantahala Rapids, but it will be an opportunity for people to get in the water and paddle their canoes or kayaks around. Huntsville Parks and Recreation Director James Gossett said that improvements at Apollo Park are among 12 parks and recreation projects that are underway in the planning stages. It's all part of an expansion that's seen the city spend more than $100 million within the last decade to improve the park and recreation system. The city of Huntsville has 60 parks, 15 recreation and community centers, 100 athletic fields, and 50-plus miles of trail and greenways with activities from sand volleyball to skateboarding, dog parks to disc golf, and coming soon, kayaking and canoeing on rapids. The addition of rapids isn't the only upgrade coming to Apollo Park. They're also adding an outdoor fitness exercise piece in conjunction with the Arts of Huntsville. All right, and for the weather forecast this week, it looks like we're going to be ranging from the lows in the lower 70s and the highs in the lower 90s. Partly cloudy most of the week with a 60% chance of rain on Wednesday. For the crypto segment this week, we've got Bitcoin coming in at 20600 
All right, and for the crypto story, despite the myriads of state and federal regulatory hurdles faced by crypto businesses in the region, the United States plays a major role in preserving the Bitcoin and crypto ecosystem. Prior to cracking down on Bitcoin mining, China historically represented over 50% of the total hash rate up until February 2021. With China out of the competition, the U.S. picked up the slack to become the highest BTC hash rate contributor representing 37.84 of the total mining power by January 2022. In addition, the U.S. is home to the highest number of ATM installations, representing nearly 88% of the total crypto ATM installations worldwide. Alright, and for the positive story this week, in the U.K., the first industrial-scale carbon capture and usage plant recently opened, signaling a key milestone in the race to meet the U.K. and the other world's net-zero targets. The plant captures 40,000 metric tons of carbon dioxide each year, which is the equivalent of taking 20,000 cars off of the roads. The $24 million investment has been completed by the U.K.-based Tata Chemicals Group uh, in Europe, which is one of Europe's leading producers of sodium carbonate, which is salt and baking soda, and they expect it to lower the carbon emissions by more than 10%. The project will help unlock the future of carbon capture as it demonstrates the viability of the technology to remove carbon dioxide from power plant emissions and to use it in high-end manufacturing applications. Carbon dioxide captured from the energy generation emissions is being purified to food and pharmaceutical grade and used as raw material in the manufacturing of sodium bicarbonate, which will be known as EcoCarb. This unique and innovative process is patented in the UK with further patents pending in key territories around the world. It will also be used in the production of items like glass, washing detergents, pharmaceutical grade products, food, animal feed, and in water purification. EcoCarb will be exported to over 60 countries around the world. Much of the sodium bicarbonate exported will be in the hemodialysis to treat people living with kidney disease. Alright, and for the fun facts this week, so the Vatican City is actually the smallest country in the world at only 0.2 miles wide. The second fun fact, so animals sometimes have unique words to describe them when found in a collective. Here are a few that are exceptionally interesting. So you have a shadow of jaguars, a conspiracy of lemurs, a paddle of platypuses, a prickle of porcupines, and a scurry of squirrels. And for the third fun fact, in 1901, engineer Hubert Cecil Booth was rolling the world's first vacuum cleaner by horse-drawn carriage onto the wealthier streets of town. Locals outside were encouraged to marvel at the amount of dirt and dust collected through a special glass chamber on the side of the machine. To conduct the miraculous cleaning, long hoses were fed through windows, and the petrol-powered motor was started and air was drawn by suction from the hose and nozzles through a filter. A visit wasn't cheap. The cost was the same as the annual wages of a junior domestic maid. Alright, for the comedy segment this week, why is C the only good letter in the alphabet? Because the others are Nazis. As an executioner, I often ask prisoners for their last requests. My last inmate asked me for a high five, but I just left him hanging. Oh, man. And then for the last joke, Dave was bragging to his boss one day. You know, I know everyone there is to know. Just name someone. Anyone. I know him. Tired of his boasting, he called his 
boss's bluff. Okay, Dave, how about Tom Cruise? No dramas, boss. Tom and I are old friends, and I can prove it. So Dave and his boss fly out to Hollywood and knock on Tom Cruise's door. And Tom Cruise shouts, Dave, what's happening? Great to see you. Come on in for a beer. Although impressed, Dave's boss is still skeptical. After they leave Cruz's house, he tells Dave that he's thinking that him knowing Cruz was just lucky. No, no, just name anyone else, Dave says. President Obama, his boss quickly retorts. Yep, Dave says, old buddies, let's fly out to Washington. And off they go. At the White House, Obama spots Dave on tour and motions him and his boss come over saying, Dave, what a surprise. I was just on my way to a meeting, but you and your friend come in. Let's have a beer first and catch up. Well, the boss is very shaken by now, but still not totally convinced. After they leave the White House, he expresses his doubts to Dave, who again implores him to name anyone else. Pope Francis, his boss replies. Sure, says Dave. I've known the Pope for years. So off they fly to Rome. Dave and his boss are assembled with the masses at Vatican St. Peter's Square when Dave says, This'll never work. I can't catch the Pope's eye among all these people. Tell you what, I know all the guards, so just let me go upstairs and I'll come out on the balcony with the Pope. He disappears into the crowd and heads towards the Vatican. Sure enough, half an hour later, Dave emerges with the Pope on the balcony but by the time Dave returns, he finds that his boss has had a heart attack and is surrounded by paramedics. Making his way to his boss's side, Dave asks him, What happened? His boss looks up and said, It was the final straw. You and the Pope came out on the balcony, and the man next to me said, Who the fuck is that on the balcony with Dave? <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> Alright, for the inspirational quote this week, there is only one way to get anybody to do anything, and that is by making the other person want to do it. And that's by Dale Carnegie. If you haven't read his book, How to Make Friends and Influence People, it's a pretty solid read, and uh, I'm slowly learning to incorporate these things in my life. But a super solid book, bestseller, so you should check it out. And Spotify Song of the Week is Love and Happiness by Al Green. <laughs> Alright guys, that's been another episode of Resonant Frequencies. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you find this podcast to be awesome or dope or anything like that, if you do me a favor and give it a share on your social media, I'd really appreciate it. It'd help me grow and it'd be really sweet. I uh, hope to see you guys next week and thanks again for tuning in. Bye bye.